the fan. PA, hey, it's Stassi from Bloomington. Hey, to clarify one thing that you said earlier, you said the Wolves stole Game 1 in Memphis. I'm going to say that's false. Stealing a game one means you're probably trailing and then you score late to win the game. The Wolves took game one. Ant took game one. Cat took game one. Beasley took game one. We're going to get game number two. Vox. What's going on, Vox? How you been? <laughs> you talking to me or I was trying to listen to that crazy person. No, you're well that that's that's super stats Dave. Dave Handlin. Um somebody <laughs> somebody I've known through the racetrack uh, for many, many years. I call races at uh, Canterbury Park here. It's well probably in Minnesota. But he, he is Alan Horton's stats guy at home. So I'm sure you well, you've met stats. Um but that yeah, yeah that, that statsy and, and, and you know what what he was talking about was the opening segment. This is Eric Hasseltine, the uh Long-time play-by-play voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, does really, really good work on radio, too, by the way, if you get a chance to listen. And um, and and what he's talking about is, like, I'm, like, first and foremost here. I mean, we can what, – what Anthony Edwards did was cool. Cat's dunk on Jaron Jackson was cool. D'Lo came yeah. up sour, but they still won. Uh, Ja right. went to the line 8 million times, and that's probably going to happen every game because we foul a lot. But first and foremost, keep the pedal to the metal. Keep your foot on the gas here. Let's not yeah. let it be this. Hey, we went on the road and we stole one. We got home court advantage because it's it's that's what Statsy was talking about. And and the the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies Tuesday evening. You know they they got jumped on Saturday, as I'm sure you know. You were calling the game, so the the early stages of the game should be different tomorrow night. You agree? Yeah, and I I agree with Statsy that they didn't they didn't steal game one. They won game one. They just, they flat out beat them. They outplayed them. We said it on our broadcast. They brought more energy. Um, you know, all these people come out of the woodworks and want to make excuses. Oh, they didn't play for a week. Look, it's the playoffs. You know, if you're not ready to go when the ball's tossed up at two thirty in the afternoon, then, you know, find another job. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of how it breaks down. And Minnesota came up with a great game plan. I know, uh, I think you had Chris Finch on earlier and actually uh, saw him a little bit after. Didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but hung out with Allen. And I said that to that, to Allen and would have told Coach the same thing. Their game plan against the Grizzlies this year has been one of the best I've seen. So they executed it. Anthony Edwards was absolutely sensational. The dunk, as you mentioned, was great. There was a ton of fouls. I, I, I really And Allen and I talked about this during the game, I think, at one point. Um, I thought the officiating – was really kind of inconsistent at times they were letting guys be physical at other times they called you know hand checks which i think can be tough but you know both teams had to deal with that it wasn't just one-sided and you're right jog out to the line a ton of times but what i said with that on our broadcast was that's not good for the grizzlies that doesn't get them in their flow that actually disrupts what they like to do which is play really fast and you saw a couple of times minnesota made a basket and the grizzlies would take the ball out of the net and go right back the other way and, and score or get a look. And I thought Minnesota did a really good job on the window to take the Grizzlies out of what they like to do in their early offense. So uh, I tip my cap to your boys the entire day because they, they played a terrific basketball game and, and had a great game plan that they executed. And I think, and you know, I'm not going to say I know, but I've seen it a lot this year where uh, the Grizzlies have come back 
from bad performances like they had and, and really had a, a great game the next time out. So they've been very resilient. It's a little different than the regular season where you have a little bit longer of a layoff, but they've been a pretty resilient group. So I, I expect them to be ready Tuesday night. And I hope that we're not going to have another chicken protest on, uh, on Tuesday night as well. Look, man, if y'all are going to cheat and send people to chain themselves to the basket <laughs> while Dylan Brooks is going to the line, just let me know. We'll, we'll try to stop her before that. Hey, I mean, if that indeed is the case via the voodoo, we, uh, we're two for two, man. I mean, I just wish that, that, that we had more super glue for that play-in game. <laughs> you know what was crazy about it was the they were going towards that basket, and I the the play right before they figured out she was there. I I kind of looked, and you know, you're like you in a game, you're you're seeing everything, but you're trying to describe the action. And I thought to myself, I said, why is that person standing next to the basket? And then I realized. As I looked up, that you know the play had stopped, and and they realized there was someone standing there, and she just kind of walked through there. And mm. we've got really good security. I mean, I I can't even get friends to come say hello during a game because they won't let them into the section. And so I looked up and I went, "Wow, there's that person should not be there." And then I saw the plastic chain come out and saw security starting to go and i think on the air i said something to the effect of oh great here's another one of these idiots like i turned into my father like instantaneously <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn and get get away from our stanchion hey um uh, you, you know a thousand times more about this team than i'll ever know ma'am but i mean you know that this this we chatted about it a little bit last week, Eric. Uh, Eric Hasseltine, E R I C H A S S E L T I N E. If you would like to follow him on Twitter, as Nine to Noon does, calls uh, Grizzlies games on the radio. Has done for about two decades. Done that for about two decades. This the a topic in the series is this three point shooting situation. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I mean, I spent about fifteen minutes on it Friday because I couldn't believe the disparity. And so now, so right. now Saturday, Tyus hits a three. But overall, the uh, uh, the Grizzlies get outscored by 18 points with bench three pointers. So now Jaron went over five, and and he's going to hit threes in game two. But outside of that, like off the bench, outside of Tyus, who should be hitting cold blooded threes? The Anthony Melton. Uh, he, he, he's, he's. I said to a lot of people around here and, and I'll say the same to you. The key to this series for the Grizzlies is is Jaron staying out of foul trouble. That's one. That's a huge one because the way he can defend changes things. And when he picked up early fouls in game one it hurt. And DeAnthony Melton being productive off the bench. When DeAnthony Melton hits threes and, and gives you that pop off the bench, that's huge. Tyus is Tyus. I mean we are we are so fortunate to have that young man on our roster, uh, you know, I, I know he was a, a longtime wolf and a Minnesota native, and I mean, he has been everything we could have ever dreamed of in a in a point guard. Not, I'm not going to say a backup point guard, a, a point guard, because he plays uh, enough and and has taken the, the the reins when they needed him to. So you're not worried about that. If he scores, it's a bonus, but he's going to distribute. It's it's the three point shooting, and it's it's the Anthony Melton and. With Jaron Jackson Jr. and DeAnthony Melton playing well, this team is is tough, man. I think when they're thirty seven and a half percent from three, I, there's something like thirty five and four. I mean, it's ridiculous, and it's that's not a huge number to a, obtain. But as you saw, they didn't make them on Saturday, and that really hurt them. So 
Um, look, part of that is game plan. I think the way Chris Finch's defensive scheme against the Grizzlies has been played out through this season has been one that I'm shocked other teams don't do more of it. He shells up around the arc. He puts three guys out there. He doesn't go try to take the ball out of John Morant's hands the minute he crosses midcourt, which is, you know, that that's like going to tap ahead of a rattlesnake to see if it's awake. That's dumb. Um, and I think he, he realizes that and, and lets him cross and, and has faith in his team's athleticism and defensive prowess to, to let the, the play set up that way and not get it started a little sooner. So, um, the, but the way they shell the perimeter and continue to, to chase out two shooters, I think they blocked at least two threes that I remember, at least got a piece of them, maybe didn't get a piece of them, but certainly altered a shot where it came up as an air ball. And, um, again, that's where I, again, tip the cap to, to Chris Finch and his staff for a terrific game plan. And Grizzlies are going to have to find a way to, to, to break that. And they're going to have to get more production from DeAnthony Melton because their bench just didn't match. And, you know, I, 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 I see where you're going with the, the 18. I always look at threes and twos. I only give it a one point differential, but in a, because, you know, you're making twos when another team's making threes. Yeah. And people, I think, get caught up in that because you'll hear people, oh, they're plus 30 from these. Now they're plus 10. Yeah. That's, that's my way to look at it because you're going to make a shot that's not a three. Now, here's the thing about that, though. Most NBA games are decided by five or six points. So when you're giving up a plus six or a plus seven to your opponent, you're now, uh, if you're on the wrong side, you're, <laughs> you're in real trouble. Because now you've got to find a way to make up not only that six, but at least another four. And that's, that's hard to do in this league. So they've got to match that three point shooting. And, and if they don't, and I certainly don't expect D'Angelo Russell to be the same D'Angelo Russell as game one, um, you know, they're in for some problems. This is pretty much a must win game two. Fox. So with, uh, you, you've called a handful of Anthony Edwards games. And I mean, he's, yeah. he's 12 of 13, four of 11 from three, but it, he gets the line eight times, makes them all. The six assists and the two blocks, and then the way he bodied up to Jaw before the pick. It, it's yeah. it, overall, you know what? What do you think of Anthony? And like when he gets the ball with a head of steam, even yeah. as an adversarial Vox, it, isn't that kind of slide up to the <laughs> slide up to the edge of your seat? He's uh, he's special. I, I I noticed that when he was a rookie and. Uh, the first time we saw him, I remember thinking, okay, he's, he's young, obviously. He's got, he's got a lot of potential. Let's see how he develops. And then the second time where I knew he was the real deal, or as the young people say, he can go. Um, it was the second time they ever faced him and it was just a different guy. I mean, he was clearly much more comfortable with the speed of the NBA game. And then looking at him, um, Saturday, I'm like, this, this dude's a stud. He's, he's everything that you want out of a number one pick. Uh, I think his mentality is right. I think his attitude about the game is right. You can't teach that athleticism on top of that. He's clearly spent hours and hours, you know, honing his craft from beyond the, the three point line. And, um, it's great. I think those two have a great, uh, competitive nature between the two of them. Um, I saw, I think it's Anthony Edwards' dad was at the game and, and John Morant's father was there and they, they said hello. So, you know, in these youth basketball circles, these guys' paths have crossed probably many times and, um, obviously in the pros they've crossed. So, 
you know, look, you want to, you want a guy that that's going to be your, your bell cow, so to speak, to be the guy that, that literally looks at his opponent and thinks, I, I want to hurt this man across the way, not literally, but figuratively. I want to take his pride. I want to go out and, and embarrass him in front of everybody watching this game. And, and Anthony Edwards loves to do that. And, um, I think that's the, the mentality you need in a star player. And, and I think, you know, it can, it can really be, contagious to his teammates and you know look Carl Anthony Towns didn't have a good game in the play-in tournament he had a terrible game but he was terrific and I, I it seemed to me like he fed off the energy that Anthony Edwards was bringing and you know I like a guy that looks in an opposing arena and looks around and goes keep booing me and I'm going to keep dropping these bombs in your eye and and <laughs> score as many points as I want it was the first time in NBA history that you had two guys 22 years old or younger score over 30 points in the same playoff game. So, you know, that's, it's why you look at this, this matchup and these two teams and you think, okay, these two teams are going to slug it out for the next handful of years. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be competitive. There's going to be a lot of trash talk, but that's, that's what you do. And that's, that's why you, you enjoy going to it. So yeah, man, I, I do get on the edge of my seat when he gets going because, uh, he pretty much ended one of our former players, Yuta Watanabe, a couple of years ago in Toronto. And I went, oh, Yuta, I love you. But, boy, that, that was not a good decision to go try to meet him at the rim. Uh, this is uh, Eric Castletine in closing. Uh, he grew up in Northern California and um, yes. somehow became a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, it was like an Oakland Athletics tie going all the way back to Vida Blue. And um, yeah, and he's uh, he's the he's the he's the anti vike And the silence you hear is Lambeau Field. So it behooves me <laughs> to get your opinion because you're a learned sports mind. Uh, your juicy football team signed to Sammy Watkins, so I, I guess the wide receiving prayer is answered, right? Devontae yeah. leaves, and here comes Sammy, and here we go to thirteen wins. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I thought Sammy Watkins was going to be a stud when he came out of Clemson, but it, it really hasn't materialized that way. I thought he would be great with uh, the Rams. It didn't materialize. If you can't catch a lot of passes in Kansas City, then I don't know what's going to happen here. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, I was bummed to see Devontae Adams uh, vacate, but, you know, that's that's the kind of money that a team's going to throw at you and, and – uh, you're not going to match it. That you can't blame the young man for for doing that. And he's terrific. But uh, we'll see. You know, look, I am I'm the Packers fan that literally goes into every year thinking, nah, this isn't going to be our year. This is the year I'm going to have to take all of the grief from my friends that you know that that have waited for the year for the Packers to stink just to give me a hard time. You know, here's the thing: I like to mess with Bears fans a lot more than Vikings fans because Bears fans have this unbridled confidence. <laughs> And I like to remind them that, you know, you're not really a great franchise when your head coach has the championship of the conference trophy, but our head coach has the Super Bowl trophy. So, you know, one franchise is a little stronger than the other one. So, you know, take that orange and black or whatever it's called. It's like a dark navy blue and just, you know, do what you do with it. Hey, hey, um, Eric, now um, four and a half minutes to go in the game. Anthony Edwards, early in the shot clock, when, when you're trying to milk the clock, he just yeah. pulls up and buries one in Dylan Brooks' face. Did did yeah. you did you happen to hear Alan Horton's call of uh, of that individual make? No, but I I, I did have a, a few cocktails with Alan after the game. And, okay, and like I said, Chris was there, and they were they were in good spirits. I mean, look, you guys came took our, took the game, 
and then came and drank on our tab after. If that's <laughs> not uh, coming in and well, showing showing us up, when, I'm, I'm sure it was great. If you got it, I'd love to hear it. When Edwards hit it, here's what he said. And there is your dagger. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. He's All good, right. man. Allen's Allen's really talented. I love he him. really is, and, and we've been friends for a long time. We. Uh, like many radio announcers in, in leagues, uh, you know, obviously, Paul, it's a little different for you guys because you go for a day or two. But when you get stuck on the road, you, you kind of share stories. And, and Alan and I found out both we uh, we love great sandwich shops, so we compare notes around the mm. NBA cities as to where you can go get a good sandwich. And um, our favorite place in Portland has been shut down, unfortunately, which was when I told him, I thought like I had basically told him that one of his family members was deathly ill <laughs> the way the reaction wow. came. So, uh, but yeah, man, he's terrific. And uh, I think, you know, what's funny. I was thinking about this when you, when you gave out my Twitter, there was one time when you guys had Nemanja Bielitsa mm-hmm. and I specifically asked how to pronounce his name. And there was some musician in Minneapolis that read me the riot act via Twitter because he was listening on Sirius about how I was mispronouncing the name. And I said, dude, that's exactly how they told me to pronounce it. What are you talking about? And the guy called me every name in the book. And I was just like, all right, dude. I was like, look, you're obviously a musician. Do you hit every note? I would bet not because you don't have an album out. So (laughs) take your saxophone and keep practicing and leave the the NBA play-by-play to me. Don't have an album out. And there is your yeah, there you go. Hey, when, right. when when you and Alan get together for those super um, uh, those super compelling and stimulating sandwich shop conversations, <laughs> that that's great, man. Because you're living right. It sure beats meeting each other on the road and like slicing and dicing which uh, which VIP room is best at the strip club. Oh, yeah, no, we're not we're not doing that. I, I don't know. I would want to be in a VIP club in, in one of those gear. All right, uh, you're my, dangerous. You're my man. Um, I'm gonna tap on you later in the week for sure. Thanks for. Um, Thanks for coming in studio this uh, Friday after the Thursday game with a PA in charge. And uh, we'll see you then, okay? You got it, brother. Thanks, man. See you, ma'am. Eric Hasseltine, uh, fantastic at what he does, calling uh, Memphis Grizzlies games on the radio. And um, he'll be in town for uh, game three Thursday, and uh, he'll stop by the feast with PA in charge at about 9.15. It's 10.21. Do a um, covenant uh, catch-up. Uh, in that uh, we'll get caught up on this clock, mix in a little football, get back to the Wolves with uh, with Lavelle, columnist for the Strib, about 40 minutes from now. And uh, that all will transpire following the cash thing. The Fan and NMC Exteriors. They're trying to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. All you have to do, you just go to KFAN.com and you enter in the keyword. This particular keyword is cash. So KFAN.com. Enter the keyword cash. You might put a grand in your hand. You might win $1,000. The keyword is cash. The website is kfan.com. With the talkback feature at the free iHeartRadio app, talk back now. You know the company is going to steal my bit that I just came up with top of the head, and it's just like Minneapolis Miracle. Correct. It took Kevin Warren eight minutes after the game to trademark Minneapolis Miracle. <laughs> I just have shirts and bumpers and all this. I mean, but but of all the great things people have created over the course of time, but didn't know how to trademark something, <laughs> a lot of intellectual property is lost. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Warren. I mean, it's like. 
it, it's it's first uh, Lieber was on the field, nostalgic and euphoric. Yeah, Kevin was in his car back to TCOPC to get the trademark on that thing eight minutes after. Actually, you're undervaluing Kevin Warren and how he prepares. There was a patent guy in the suite <laughs> right. during the game. Yeah, and um, but like, you know, the free iHeartRadio app, download it now. I mean, the talkback bit's not just here. It's with all of our stations if they're so inclined. Yeah. The free iHeartRadio app, talk back now. Some Gucci's going to pick up on that, man. Well, I should just ask for like $1,000 just for saying it. But that's cool, man. We're good. But the talkback feature with the microphone, and, and now you can re-record it if you didn't like your bit, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's I, awesome. I really enjoy the way you implement it in the radio show and, and how you slide in certain talkbacks. But you're like me. By choice, you don't have a lot of friends. So are you finding with the talkback that you're like making imaginary friends like Mouse has with his bicycle wildfire? A little bit. <laughs> when I keep hearing the same guy, I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> Will you have a beer with me? I think it's great. I think it is. Uh, talk back. Make friends. To, uh, free iHeartRadio app. Make friends now. Uh, what uh, You got some talk back over there? Yeah, here's a howl. It'd really be great if you spent a little bit of time just getting a level deeper, especially with Coach Finch. You're a great basketball mind, PA, but is Ant a baby or a puppy? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? They didn't. Who, is, who was that? They didn't even say his name. Please say your name at the beginning. But he, he asked a very pertinent question. It's great, and I'm a baby puppy, and I like it when people scratch me under my third chin, and that's it, and I just want a treat. I just want somebody to pick up my crap. And then move on with my life. But please, with the talkbacks, say your name in the beginning so so we can personalize it. Uh, but but I'm a baby puppy, and um, my name is Haley. Got another one? Yeah, how about this one? Uh, Abbott's not going to like it. P.A. Nordo, this is Judson Gibson from down south Mississippi Way. Hey. Better known as, hey, Nordo, you haven't posted the podcast yet, guy. <laughs> Are you calling Keithan? Claire, Claire. No, this is the talkback feature on the free iHeartRadio app, and it's K-F-A-N. Well, I'm a kid, so I call it K-Fan. Uh, okay. Well, anyways, Nordo, no rush on the podcast today. I'm listening live. Love you guys. Thank you. Bruh, are you kidding me with that? <laughs> and via emails or tweets maybe, but emails. Yeah, he said Judson Gibson, and I immediately knew down Mississippi way. But now, I heart, uh, the free iHeartRadio app, talk back now. First time I've heard him, I think. First time I've heard him and that, that uh, Mississippi accent. But the bit factor and just, come on. Hey, hey, <laughs> nine to noon audience getting it. Oh, I love you on that, man. I got one more for you. Uh, let me see. Let me check this out. What do you got? Um. People's expectations for the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's a good time to ask. I, I mean, it's always a good time to ask, and maybe it's the maybe it's the the the, the elevator related conversation like like the one I faced this morning, where it's two people get on an elevator. It's early on a Monday. Uh, you know, I, I I can have the cranky gene at times where I just. I want silence around me, and I just want to be quiet, and it's going to be gone in 20 minutes. And 
you know, we got one person going to floor nine. I'm going to floor five. And I just just couldn't get um, couldn't get past the third floor with, with without hearing uh, somebody with the elevator conversation utter utter spring will rear its head sooner or later. What you just said? Or what did I say? What did he say? I said it to you this morning. Uh, so it's just this cold weather is never going to leave us, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's this cold weather is just holding on. What you just hey. said? I mean, that's okay. That's okay. But um, otherwise, like when when whether it's mm, after church or at the racetrack or at um, at a grocery store or whatever, it's you know it's how is do it you th- Monday already? How do you think the Vikings are going to do in twenty twenty two or? It could be across a parking lot. What do you think about them queens? Mm. How about them queens, PA? And and it's cool, man, because people like to talk about it. But right now, before the draft and the schedule hasn't even come out, I, I just it's it's cool to talk about, but it's really really unfair and or difficult to answer that question at this moment of the equation. So um, there there are there are some mandates. And there are some clues that I believe they have given us that we can share with you uh, regarding the answer to that question, which I can tell I'm not going to get to today. How? Oh, on the fan. PA Nordo Marshall here. Man, Patrick Beverly, of course he's a lockdown defender, of course he's an emotional leader, but one thing I've appreciated watching these past uh, couple games very closely is how he really pushes tempo in transition. He gets the Wolves a lot of easy buckets that way, also as a great facilitator. And man, uh, growing up with uh, KG making the playoffs every year when I was uh, going to middle school, took it for granted, don't take it for granted anymore. Loving every minute. Marshall Kellner, 9 to Noon, has all of your albums. Friends are coming out of the woodwork. Bits are being established. Howls are being laid out as we lean back into News Du Nord. News Du Nord brought to you by Canterbury's Card Casino. It is poker, it is blackjack, it is table games, and it is all year round. Uh, hey, PA, did you know this? Yeah. The Twins are playing a baseball game right now. We will start with the Minnesota Twins. Right now? They are indeed. They're up 2 uh, nothing on the Boston Red Sox. It's the bottom of the second inning. Well, I'm, I'm sorry here, but what the hell are they doing playing a baseball game at 1140 in the morning Eastern? Well, I assume because uh, they're running the Boston Marathon today as well. Oh. So they're probably trying to juggle various events taking place in Boston. Good juggle. luck. Uh, good luck, David, by the way. David Lambert participating in the Boston Marathon right today. On, man. So give it hell, brother. Geek Squad's finest. Yeah, well, what is not finest right now is your Minnesota Twins. And I'll just lay it out like this. Uh, they have the third uh, worst batting average as a team in Major League Baseball with a buck 82. They are fifth worst in runs scored. They're ninth in home runs, top 10 offense overall in the league. But they also have the seventh most strikeouts. Jorge Polanco batting 200. Correa, buck 33. Sano, two for 26 to start the season. It's all putrid. 
Uh, here is what uh, Mr. Baldelli had to say. I can't say I was anticipating anything like this. I was very pleased with the way that most of our lineup finished camp, the number of at-bats and competitive kind of interactions that we we were able to get our guys. It was a real short camp, we know that, but we put a lot into that camp, and I think when we broke, I felt like our guys' confidence was very high, and guys were swinging the bat real well. Why that hasn't carried over, it's tough to say. So, sample size game, they're 3-6 and six to start the season. Nobody's sweating uh, too profusely at the moment. Uh, pitching, by the way, very middle of the road. Very middle of the road throughout Major League Baseball, except Sonny Gray. Uh, he's now in the DL with a hamstring issue, just the 10-day bit. But Sonny Gray, we've already experienced that now, combined with knee soreness. Uh, maybe we'll see him in a week, Brian uh, Byron Buxton. Yeah. But, uh, again, they're up 2 nothing. I think Kyle Garlick uh, hit a two-run home run. So hopefully they cap things off with a win today, but so far a very slow start. Spicy start for the Twins, thanks to the HR by Garlick. Absolutely. <laughs> to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, let's talk about the hockey team. A, another OT, uh, defending optional, it feels like, the last couple of days. Flurry did not appear to be at his very best yesterday. But in the end, all you need is the la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Now Spurgeon to Fiala, swerving, waiting. He's got a lead. Took a shot. He scores! How about the 30 goals by Kevin Fiala this year? I think he had like three in the last 25. He's come on. He's hotter than hell over the last 25, uh, or at least a third of the season. And uh, he gets him over the hump yesterday, 5-4 against the Sharks. I anticipated, might you say, an underwhelming affair at XL Energy Center yesterday. Uh, Didn't get paid off in that regard. Uh, The head coach, by the way, you get the 5-4 win. Fiala's red hot, loving all of that. Everson didn't really seem that enthused with everything. We almost got what we deserved tonight. We were very fortunate, clearly, to uh, to have success in that game. Um, yeah, we didn't do. You know, we talked after the game that we. It's rare that we even talk talk about this anymore, right? And um, so it has to be a one-off. Um. Wow. It was street ball hockey. I mean, there's a difference between racehorse hockey and rolling the ball out of Rucker Park and just saying, let's go, let's play to 21. I mean, the the wild and the parts of the game I watched, they, they looked like they had San Jose every step of the way. I did not have the intensity the St. Louis game had, specifically when we were down 4-1. Uh, then we were able to kill a 5-on-3. And that got everybody on the bench all jacked up. You could kind of see it. And they came charging back and and made a 4-3. Then it was 5-3 Blues. And then we get it to overtime and we lose. Um, that had a different level of intensity than yesterday. It it looked like the Wild to a certain extent with the forecheck or lack thereof. Um, and just some of the work along the boards, man, with the physicality that we see in these intense games. They knew they could beat San Jose. And they felt like they had them anytime they wanted them. And they got them. Now, I think Dean recognizes that. You could just tell it by the tone in his voice. See, I went I went on Twitter last night, and I said, Uncle on the Fiala Dumba bit that I came up with last week. Um, and and I'm partially uncleing that conversation because I am not buying into a player who never will be known for D- Kevin Fiala. 
He's never going to be known for a two-way game. Never. Okay? He turns the puck over a ton. When you roll the ball out at Rucker Park, you're going to see these crossovers and these dazzling moves. Let's wait till the playoffs when it gets more congested. And let, 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 let's see what young Kevin does in the playoffs. Now, this is a weird bit for me because I, I, I stand by my instincts, but I want the Wild to do well. So I want Fiala to have hat tricks every single game. But so I know, you're retracting the uncle from yesterday. Um, just delete. So you're you're. I don't know. I don't. You're want, verbally deleting the no, uncle. No, I put it out there because I I just put it out there because that's what you do on Twitter. Yeah. Thus the narrow casting of the whole thing. Right. This is the broadcasting. So therefore, I have a chance to opine and extend thought. Is I meant what I said, and it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. It's Fiala has 30 goals, and he's a dynamic scorer, and there are room, there's room for dynamic scores in the NHL. However, <laughs> you go ahead and tell me that his two-way game, his turnovers, and his desire for the oohs and ahs in the, game, the team game of hockey is conducive to a team winning in the postseason. Maybe it is. We'll see. I mean, hey, got all those chances last year, all those chances against Vegas. Great. Cool. I mean, it, it's... So are you saying... Marc-Andre Fleury can have a chance. And, and if right. it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in. I, I guess I don't... I, what I'm saying is, if people really want to converse about Fiala and Dumba and moving forward, the the for me to have the conversation, there has to be a recognition of the two-way game which is important in hockey, and also what it's going to cost. So let's not watch the Allen Iverson killer crossovers, which lead to 30 goals, and say, I can't lose that. When the general manager had three guys to sign and to get extended, and this one was one he did not extend. Mm-hmm. So that that's, that's kind of a, co- a coffin right there into the season by a guy who knows more about it than us that I'm also playing off with my instinct. Yeah, I, I understand that but anyway, completely. Yeah, forget Twitter. I, I referenced it because I just thought it would be funny to put out there. No, and, and what's certainly. your question? Well, I guess the the fact that he wasn't extended speaks to the fact that what we're seeing right now and what we've seen now goes well beyond just a hot streak. We had we didn't see this last year. We saw moments. We saw four games good, twelve games bad. Five mm-hmm. games good, fifteen games bad. Yeah, this is a whole different phenomenon. So, well, what I think is the scoring? The scoring and the okay. productivity, yeah. right? But the again, turnovers, the penalties, I get all that. Well, that's not a phenomenon. Not every not every player in the NHL is this perfect two way game player. Goals matter. Well, goals that's, count. That's, that's not what I'm now, saying. Either. Now you can say from a defending standpoint. Um, specifically what we've seen over a stretch of the last month here, there are moments where, my God, we need Dumba back and we need that in a hurry. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely will cost less. But to just completely dagger it like, well, we're we're cool, we're fine, let's get rid of the 30-goal scorer. We need offense on this team. That's that's flippantly ridiculous. Who the hell wants to get rid of a 30-goal scorer? Of Of course there's room for somebody as naturally gifted as him. When you watch the games, assuming people listening watch the games, find find me a puck battle he wins in the corner. Okay, find me some some tough love blue collar work right. that personifies the game of hockey. Oh well, Gretzky didn't do it. 
<laughs> Are you going to hit me with that? I'm not comparing him okay. to Gretzky. Well, no, not you. I know, I know what you mean, though. Okay. I get it. But you know who does do it? Sidney Crosby. And he's one of the greats in the history of the game. And so yeah, I, yeah, I hey, I'm, I, I'm just, you know, it's one's going to cost something. The other's going to cost another. The other, by the way, is, is you know, out of sight, out of mind, by the way, because he's not playing. But he is kind of important to what they do with their defensive structure. Into the season, the general manager, I guess everybody knows more about hockey than the general manager. Bill Guerin, multiple cups, Hall of Fame, whatever. Um, you know, He said, the strength of our team is our defensive structure. And it is predicated on these blue liners, which yeah. included Matt Dumba. So maybe that's not the strength of the team anymore, uh, which maybe it's not. However, you know, it's we had we had Jewel Erickson Eck locked him up long term. Kaprizov sweat that locked him up long term. So a decision was formulated then by him. We read between the lines what we hear about the coach. The coach is not satisfied with something with this individual. With some of those things you're talking about, the turnovers I, and, and potentially drawing or not drawing yep. penalties or finding his way into the box more often than he should be. But what makes it a tricky talker is I would be a fool to sit here and say the God-giving goal-scoring prowess, the unbelievable hands, the confidence with the stick handling in claustrophobic situations, it dazzles me. It takes my breath away. Yeah. I love it. I'd love for him to be on the team forever. But, you know, it's it's there's more to the re-signing of those two than just what one guy scores with how this team wants to win games. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I get you. I get you. And with Dumbaugh on the shelf, I mean, it makes it even easier to try and lopside that conversation. But regardless, um, he's the reason we won that game. And he's the reason that we've won several games this year. See, here's here's the thing with, with Fiala that, I, I mean, I can't get away from it. And I want to see it forever. Fiala and Baldy on the same line are phenomenal. I mean, that is an awesome what a couple of wingers to have for that line yeah. when, okay, so what's the line in front of it? Uh, well, the wingers are going to be Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Oh, geez, that's Hall and Oates this season, like dynamic duo. Uh, well, what's the line after it? Well, that one's going to beat the hell out of you, Erickson Eck, Greenway, and Felino. So, no, I don't want to split Fiala and Boldy. Okay, I love it. It's going to cost a ton of cash. But, but I'm also, I'm, I'm also not going to be a lemming. Just following the goals, right. the cherry picking, the lack of puck battles, one in the corner, the lack of a blue collar approach to things at times, the turnovers that bug the bleep out of the coach, and the willingness to try to cross over on everybody because in the postseason somebody's going to pick that off, go the other way, and you're going to lose. And nobody's going to come back and say, "Geez, now I understand what you're saying." So I don't care if you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is right. Now, when it comes to which one is better to sign, I I say uncle to that because I don't know what they're commanding and and what the GM or the coach thinks about the scenario, you know? Oh, yeah. And one of them is going to be much more expensive than the others. Uh, we will wrap up. Uh, NDN, we're going to get back into Wolves with, with Lavelli Neal III during the final hour. Uh, any quick takes as I just rattle through here as the Suns handled the Pelicans, not surprised by that. Uh, this Nets-Celtics series is interesting with how they're defending Kevin Durant, at least through one. Uh, the Warriors healthy and balling again. Bucks struggled but beat the Bulls. Hawks have zero shot against Miami, and now they have potentially some injury issues. Raptors might be dead if Scotty Barnes can't play tonight. 
And the Mavs still battling, at least keeping it close without Luka. Uh, anything from the NBA games this weekend, as you look at it, only two upsets. The Wolves beating uh, the Grizz and then the Jazz, which technically wasn't an upset given that uh, the Mavs didn't have Luka. Yeah. But uh, but entertaining games, but it seems like we still ultimately got to the obvious results in most of them. If the Hawks don't have Clint Capella, they'll lose in four or five. And the off our texting Saturday into that first game, the, the right answer. I mean, what, what am I doing, man? You asked me a straight question. And I hadn't handicapped or the thought of it, but the quick twitch has to be Luca's not playing, Luca's thirty-five points, that game's an under. Because after watching the first quarter and a half, oh my god, that was that was like the eighty-five Bears man low scoring game. Yeah. Um so th- I still think that series might get a little goofy. Utah should win it if Luca doesn't play. Um Brooklyn Boston should not be around one matchup. So for those negative on the play in well, I guess if you didn't have, would, would Brooklyn have been in if there was no play-in? No. Oh well. Then. Oh wait a minute. No, they played. They played in the okay. in the seven A play-in game. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're negative on the play-in, um, so would they have hooked Boston without the play-in? They. Well, long story longer. I, I know what you mean here. Hang Brooklyn on. and Boston should not play in the first round. Okay, that somehow that should just change. I mean, that was a fantastic game yesterday. Uh, they would have they would have hooked Boston regardless. Got it. But this is but this this whole That's thing the Kyrie is set up yeah. is is the Vax mandate yeah. and and he didn't even start playing. I don't think until January. Oh, that's right. They still have Ben Simmons lurking yeah. around in the in the shadows somewhere. I know. Uh, but that's that has to be a six or a seven game series. Ugh. I mean, all those turnovers and all those bleep ups by the Nets, Bro. and they had them by the Cajones until it was Kyrie of all people forced to either make a move or not make a move on Tatum near the basket, and Tatum won the game. My God, the the I, w- I was listening to some of the game on the radio, and then when I watched the end of it, I didn't. I forgot to figure out who the refs were. Uh, the officiating in that game, it it. I'm not going to say it was ridiculous. Because the crew established three minutes into the game, this is how it's going to go. Now, that staff, I believe, clearly feels that we're going to have some problems in this series between these two trash-talking teams. We're going to establish early, ain't no arm slapping like that foul. Don't put your knee there when somebody's trying to get the block. Uh, Foul. And the Wolves game was kind of like that, too, because the Wolves and Grizzlies, they got some trash talk to them. Where, like, Phoenix and B.I. and McCollum and everything, I mean, uh, Phoenix killed him, but or or had him every step of the way, but that was kind of just a, a regular basketball game. They shot, I, I think the stat was, like, 19 free throws in the first quarter. It The first, I mean, quor- the first quarter was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they were, est- these refs were established, they, they were established, they were like dogs urinating to establish their territory. Um, and, and that's the only way to look at it because there were ridiculous fouls that they were fouls, but in the postseason you just don't get those called much. Uh, but they were they were laying the groundwork for what this game's gonna be like. You ain't gonna be bleep talking each other. We got a little physicality down here between these two guys, and that's not gonna happen. And so you had guys with a bunch of fouls very early in the game. Well then the Wolves game had a lot of fouls too, specifically in the second half. Uh but um what else is there? Milwaukee Milwaukee looked good. To a certain extent, Milwaukee and Phoenix, they were like the wild in that Sharks game. They knew they had DeRozan. They knew they had B.I. whenever they wanted them, and we ain't going to trip. Kaprizov, Fiala, the rest of the guys knew they had the Sharks whenever they wanted them. And like Dean said, we got lucky. Hockey's different than basketball. 
where if you're going to play, if you're going to play that cocksure game, and then all of a sudden puck luck means you're down two, well then you take an L. Basketball is a little different. Uh, Philly killed Toronto. Scotty Barnes' injury is super negative for the Raptors. Uh, if he's not able to play in this series, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Harden, and Embiid look spectacular. Uh, but one game does not a series make in any of these series. Nigel Noon loves the NBA playoffs, and there was some really good action this weekend. Canterbury's Card Casino brings you news to Nord. Final hour around the corner featuring Lavelle E. Neal, columnist Archie View on the fan.